0: Hello and welcome to Speak Healing Words, the podcast. I am Janelle, your host for today's conversation and your community leader in our Stronger Every Day online community over on Facebook. This private community is dedicated to you. We in this community embrace the threefold cord of emotional health, relational health and wellness a strong sense of self, strong behavior patterns, and strong, strong, strong communication skills. We believe that when you embrace and practice and put into place this threefold cord individually and in your family and even corporately or communally in a community of faith, that there is an emotional health foundation from which everything else flows in beautiful healthy ways proverbs 4 23 above all else guard your heart guard your affections for they influence absolutely everything in your life so this podcast should be called overflow because i typically end up talking about some of the client issues that were dominant themes throughout the week and this week one of the dominant themes was unlearning and the wise William Bridges once said before people can begin something new they have to end what used to be and unlearn the old way well unlearning the old ways is not easy in fact, this brilliant engineer named Destin Sandler has this incredible experiment called the backwards brain bicycle. Some very, very smart welders try to trick him. He's an engineer and he studies cognitive bias and he has a great video on Smarter Every Day. And these welders created a bicycle that actually, instead of when you want to go right, you lean right. When you want to go left, you lean left. You have to, when you lean left, it will go right. And when you lean right, it will go left. You have to watch this video. It will be in the show notes on the blog. He was so overwhelmed that he couldn't do it. And he explains it took him eight months of consistent daily practice to finally get the bike to move forward without him falling off, without him crashing. And then he proposed the same experiment. He had a little bike made for his little one, I think the six-year-old little boy, and he tested it out on his son and it only took his son a couple months or three months at the most proving that children have an easier time in what we would call neuroplasticity forming new neural pathways inside of their brain but by time we grow up and we're adults our neural pathways are pretty pretty deep and so any kind of change or transformation in our cognition on that deep, deep level in our implicit memory is gonna be tough. We have mental models that are deeply, deeply rutted. So to unlearn is really, it's the greatest challenge in transformation. And so on Sunday, I was listening to a fantastic sermon by a Dr. Drew Jackson. From hope East Village in New York City and he said these powerful words transformation is often more about unlearning than learning transformation is often more about unlearning than learning and of course he was speaking uh, into this racial injustice crisis that we are in the midst of in our culture today and he was challenging us what do we need to unlearn I was pierced to my heart by his tremendously um, wise way of handling such a difficult topic and I had just been sharing with several of my family clients this week they got a whole lot they need to unlearn and trust me that's not easy I'll say it again you know renewing the mind is not new it is as old as the scriptures and the Apostle Paul in the ancient text in Romans 12 verse 2 writes of renewing your mind transform Transform yourself by the renewing of your mind is basically what he says in that very familiar to some of us, but not all of us. So how do we transform our lives by the renewing of our mind? Well, when you look at the Greek root of renewing, it is anakinosis, anakinosis. Which means to be changed into a new kind of life. That's the root meaning of Anakayao. asis is then the process. It's a renewal. It's a renovation. It's getting to, as I write in my next book, uh, Stronger Every Day, Nine Tools for an Emotionally Healthy You. It's all based on having good emotional bones. And being able to get down in our transformative process to our good emotional bones it's the adjustment of the moral and spiritual vision and thinking to the mind of God which is designed to have a transforming effect upon our lives so it's an adjustment That's what it means in its root, anachiosis. It's renovating, right? It's coming into our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our bodies, stripping us down, just like my son and his wife have done with their fixer, 100-year-old fixer-upper in their beautiful hometown of McPherson, Kansas. They They took it down, the whole top floor, took it down to its emotional bones. So anachiosis, this renewing, is a renewal of God's power in our lives, this continual operation of the indwelling Spirit of God. And I know, and you know, as followers of the Jesus way, that transformation is only, only possible when the Holy Spirit is activated in our lives. And we read so much about that all throughout the Old and New Testaments of the beautiful scriptures. Albert Einstein said it this way, we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we used when we created them. (laughs) Wow. Unlearning, defined, because you know I'm gonna go there, is to discard, discard, something that's been learned, Especially a bad habit or false or outdated information from one's memory. And that's the footing of today's podcast is that typically we do not need to unlearn something if it's good for us and if it's truth and if it's solid footing that we can, um, you know, build our house upon like we spoke about in our last podcast building our house upon the rock capital r that firm foundation and not building it on sand qualities well we have to unlearn those sand qualities which are enmeshment and unhealthy boundaries and triangulation and codependency and addictions shall i go on yelling right screaming rage anger unbridled anger unlearning is not about forgetting it's about our ability to choose an alternative mental model or paradigm so that's what we're learning right here today is that as I move through my transformative journey towards that threefold chord, right of a healthy sense of self um, establishing new healthy behavior patterns in my life and learning how to communicate uh, healthy That's gonna require that I unlearn all of the ways, perhaps, that I learned growing up. I remember clearly sitting in the office of the headmaster of a private school in the area, oh, so many years ago. I, at the time, was a college graduate and was competing for that Miss America title I wanted so bad. And I also had opened a small dance studio in the interim And she had asked me and invited me, and I've spoken of this before, to come teach a workshop on Daniel and health and wholeness, biblical health and wholeness. And so I did, and it lasted a week. And she was just impressed, and I loved that she was. And so she invited me in for a meeting and asked me to be a teacher at her school. I was like, listen, I got nothing. I did not major in education. She said, no, you are a natural. You are a gifted teacher. I watched you, others watched you. I saw the response. It was eighth grade girls at that time. And I was so humbled. I was so gobsmacked, as they say in Britain. I was, you could have, you know, just blown me over because I never in a million years would I have thought first grade teacher, never. Oh, no, no, I want to be an America. I didn't want to be a first grade teacher and she said to me you know i'm glad you don't have a degree in education janelle because you don't have to unlearn any bad habits i can just you're a fresh canvas because the approach that she used in her school the principal approach which i've spoken of before um was all about internalizing material and teaching the children in a very different way. We might call it unlearning in some ways. And there's a whole movement today, um, homeschooling, unlearning, unschooling, that goes along with that. But I, I've never forgotten her saying that. You know, it's, it would be, it's easier for me. I really like that because you don't have to unlearn any bad habits. You're a fresh canvas to me. So when we learn, you see, we add new skills or knowledge to what we already know. But when we unlearn, yeah, lean in here. This is the key. (laughs) We step outside the mental mode in order to choose a different one. And this is like learning to ride that backwards bicycle. Because when you're unlearning, and you're trying to create new neural pathways inside of your brain, you're gonna lean right and think you're gonna go right, but instead you're gonna go left and you're gonna fall and crash. And you're gonna wanna turn left and lean left and you're gonna go right and you're gonna fall and crash. There will be a lot, note this, a lot of falling, a lot of crashing. And the learning curve, really does depend on how deeply rutted your neural pathways are. So the older we get, the deeper the ruts, right? So for like uh, Destin, the engineer, he it took him eight months. And then at the end of that eight months, he didn't go very far. And then he continues in that beautiful experiment. And I'll like I said, I'll put that video up for you. He goes to Amsterdam to, I guess, continue. He was speaking there, I think, but also, you know, Amsterdam is just full of bicycles. I had a a short layover there with my daughter en route to Prague, and she took me into the city, and it was just delightful, but oh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of bicycles. And so he gets on a regular bike, and he had not ridden a regular bike since being on the backwards bike he couldn't do it it took him i don't know i think he might have said 20 minutes i don't have a lot of reading comprehension or visual remembrance because i have so many other things in my brain he finally caught it he and it didn't take him eight months Um, but you're going to have to choose a different model so i love in a beautiful article that i you know i'll put all of these things up for you so you can access a uh, beautiful article by hbr.org um, says that unlearning, this process, highlight, circle, note the word process here because it's a process, has three parts. First, you have to recognize that the old mental model is no longer relevant or effective. So in back in our podcast, The Anatomy of Yelling, Challenged. I said, How is yelling working for you? How is rage and anger working inside of your home? Has that mode of communication that you absolutely learned from your family of origin, your first family, how's that working for your children? Do they feel safe? Do they feel secure emotionally? When I talk about safe here, I am talking about, they feel valued, they feel seen, they feel heard, and they feel known. So how's that working for you? How is that mental mode, how is that communication style of anger and rage, unbridled anger, rage, yelling, putting your hand through the wall, throwing tables, how is that working? Do your children respond to you well? And he continues, this is a challenge because we are usually unconscious of our mental models. And boy, these are so relevant to what we've been talking about here because most of us, especially the older we are, it's in our implicit memory, which is subconscious. That's why this beautiful healing modality, aroma freedom technique that I have been so grateful to have found and now added to my practice, using therapeutic grade essential oils clears the neural pathways and enables whatever is hidden in the subconscious that you continue to trigger they clear and no longer are you triggered it's phenomenal so he says those Our mental models are the proverbial water to the fish. In addition, we might be afraid to admit that the existing model is outdated. We have built our reputations and careers, and we could say our parenting on the mastery of these old models. Okay. Maybe you outwardly get results from being an authoritarian, legalistic, rigid parent. But in longevity, in the long-term picture, as your children then become adults, I wonder. So letting go of these old mental models can seem like starting over and losing your status, your authority, or your sense of self. I was sharing this with a, a client this week. It, When you begin practicing these new behaviors, it is, mind-boggling there's so much cognitive bias going on that it can make you feel crazy so you have to stay the course and this is the time when you will stay really committed to your therapy to the intensives hopefully they're with me i would love that but you stay with your emdr you stay with the therapeutic practices that are enabling you to clear pathways, to create new cognition, and to move into new behaviors. Second, this article suggests that you need to find or create a new model that can better achieve your goals. Well, that is what I'm doing here. I am always offering you new models, and one of the best models that I uh, feel that we can use is nonviolent communication, particularly in our family systems where we do lean towards the heavy hand or the shame based language, judgment, anger, rage, criticism, um, or repression. So, we want to find new models. And nonviolent communication is a beautiful model. And I love the book, Say What You Mean. And that's the one that I suggest to you. You know that. And so, there are other new mental models, right? the law of kindness, practicing kindness, hospitality, having a safe home emotionally, establishing new rhythms in your family, having family meetings, family dinners, family game nights, movie night, walks, etc. Third, you need to ingrain the new mental habits. So this process is no different for creating a new behavioral habit like your diet or a golf swing. The tendency will be to fall back into the old way of thinking and therefore the old way of doing. So it's useful to create systems or um, processes in your life that will enable you to um, be comfortable with this mystery of transformation that is happening is that they are making uh, a re-emergence into our faith world but not as much as I would like to see for sure. And so it's a journey I've been on for so many decades to learn how to embrace stillness and silence and solitude. And, and in doing so, I, I really find my way into my truest essence, my God-breathed identity. And I also hear God uh, much more clearly. And so I thought it would be great today to offer you a meditative exercise that was a part of my current book, Overcoming Hurtful Words, Rewrite Your Own Story, called The Waiting Room. Right in the middle of that uh, book, I put the, the practice of waiting, wait for the peace that passes understanding, because waiting is probably one of the hardest Things to do in life. Can I get an amen? And it can be very difficult. And because I had spent a lot of time in waiting rooms uh, in that pat, my past decade, it became quite a theme in my own life. So I created this meditative exercise uh, to help guide you into recognizing what you need to actually let go of, leave in the past so that you can cross the threshold into your future with less keeping and holding you down. So this meditative exercise um, is an invitation to sit down in God's waiting room and listen. So I'm going to put that right here. And then there are three smaller meditative exercises one is letter 1 letter 2 and letter 3 that you will hear all about in the waiting room so I pray that as you journey through these meditations that you will find a quiet spot take a few moments to breathe in The silence, the stillness, the solitude, and open your ears and eyes and hands and heart to hear the whispers of God. I would go into this because we're talking about unlearning today, like what do I need to unlearn? What do I need to put down, as you'll hear in the meditation? What do you need to put down and leave in your past, leave in the threshold? the hallway of your past and before you cross the threshold into your future. What do you need to unlearn? Is it people pleasing? Is it repression? Is it unbridled anger? Is it heightened anxiety? Is it childhood trauma? You may need some expert guidance on that one. I'm here if you need me or I can lead you to others who can help? Do you need to leave behind critical, a critical voice? Do you need to leave behind a harsh tone of voice? Do you need to leave behind stonewalling or defensiveness? Do you need to leave behind unforgiveness? Those are just a few thoughts. So here we go. Take a few moments to just be. Take a deep breath. Calm down. Rest. If you would, imagine with me for a minute, maybe two. Find this quiet space as refreshing as a beautiful spring rain. Listen and open your heart. Are you ready? Open your hand, left or right, either works. Feel me place a golden key in your palm. My hand is resting on yours. Etched deeply in the center of the key is one word, R. O-W-R, you spell carefully, a bit unsure about this mysterious word. As you turn the key over in your palm, you conclude, this must be written in a foreign language. You are right, I explain. It is a Hebrew word, simply pronounced R. R like the beautiful rock filled with vital minerals and elements. For now, all I ask is that you trust me. I know it might not be easy. Keep your special key close to your heart. You will need it soon. See yourself standing in a narrow, dark hallway outside a beautiful door. The door can be any shape, size, color, Material you like. The sky is the limit. There are no boundaries on the creativity of design here. Dream big. And the best part, that door can be anywhere in the world. You are holding a brown leather satchel. Inside is your history of hurts. The one you worked so hard on in practice three. Before you go any further, Put the satchel down. Leave it right here in this dark hallway. It can't go where you are going. There won't be any room or any use for it anymore. You've carried it as far and as long as it will go. Say goodbye. Gently put your hand on the doorknob. Initially, it feels cold, to the touch you hesitate out of the fear of the unknown you feel uncomfortable not knowing what is on the other side you close your eyes take a deep breath and start turning the knob you find it locked oh the key I need the key you remember digging into your pocket It's not there. Oh, wait. You are clenching it in your hand. Slowly, with intention, you place the key in the lock. The doorknob heats up. A warm sense of calm flows from your head down to your toes. Suddenly, you feel something, a slight flutter in your stomach. It's been quite a while since you felt such a sensation, and it feels really nice. What is this feeling? Hope? Is it hope? Can it be? Is there something good on the other side of this door? Is it even possible? As you push the door, a sliver of light burst through. And before you know it, you are engulfed in brilliant light. It's no ordinary light. You stand still, soaking in the warmth. Bask in this light. As it seeps into your being, you feel it adding strength. You even begin to smile. Wait, is that a giggle? Go ahead. Let it out. This is what it feels like to be home, full of joy, anticipation, expectancy. Thoughts come to mind. This feels like Lucy entering Narnia. Alice in Wonderland falling down the rabbit hole. Dorothy opening her eyes in Munchkinland you sense that something equally as stunning and surprising and sincerely remarkable is waiting for you on the other side of that door. Go ahead, I urge with a gentle push. Open the door. Step over the threshold. Aren't you coming with me, you ask? No, not here. You have to go into this room alone, but I'll be close by. You hear five words lyrically spoken. Welcome to your waiting room. The voice is familiar, warm and inviting, like the room. God, you ask? Yes, it is me, he answers, God invites you and your tender heart to come in and sit for a while. He's designed this space especially for you. No one else has a waiting room like yours. What do you see? What does it look like? What color is the furniture? How is it decorated? What smells are swirling in the air? Is it inside or outside, near the ocean or by a pristine lake, high on a mountaintop or nestled in a verdant valley. Here in this very special, dare I say sacred space, your heart is going to learn the language of love. you to sit down and asks to see your key. He brushes his finger over the etched word as if he is admiring his very own handiwork. Our, God explains, in Hebrew means light. But our is no ordinary light. It is the special light of illumination. On the first day in those first moments of creation... God says, I spoke, let there be light. Our is that light, light imbued with creative, overcoming power. Here in this waiting room, your waiting room, this luminous power will shine into all the dark places in your heart, bringing the healing you are seeking. Light will break forth like the morning dawn. Healing will come. It will quickly arise. When our time here in this waiting room comes to an end, I promise you, you will leave full of the light of my love. People will call you a heartlifter, a woman filled with the light of my love. They will be drawn to you, Your radiant presence in this life will ease their heart-rifting journey. Close your eyes now. I have a surprise for you. God smiles. Then he puts something in your hand. You smile back. A brand new satchel. Thank you. Go ahead. Open it, he says. I know how much you loved your old satchel. So I wanted to give you this. Look inside. As you open it, you see three envelopes. Go ahead, take them out, God speaks softly. The three envelopes have gilt edges and are tied together with the most beautiful twine. A little tag with the words, especially for you, dangles off the twine. Crafted of the smoothest linen, You sense these letters are very special. My daughter, he says with love, you have learned the power of a three-fold cord. It is not easily broken. Each of these three envelopes holds special thoughts from my heart. Read them carefully. Take your time. That is why you are here in this beautiful waiting room. Time has given you this gift. I'm here when you have any questions. I am always with you. The room grows silent. You sit alone now, holding three special envelopes. You haven't felt this peaceful in quite some time. You don't want to leave, yet you must. It is time to cross the threshold into your God-breathed purpose and plan the one only you can fulfill. Go, shine like the stars in the universe.